Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Drunken Mascot Raptors podcast. Here we are on episode three. My name is Pete of the Not-So-North out of the armpit of the Northeast. Beautiful, scenic Albany, New York. Snow is slowly starting to melt here, so all that hidden dog crap is slowly starting to thaw out. Beautiful time to be alive. The apocalypse is in full bloom. So good. But hey, what a time to be a Raptors fan. That's some pretty exciting stuff over the past week that we'll be talking about here. As always, if you love the Raptors as much as I do, please, please, please hit me with a like and a subscribe. Obviously, it means a ton as we get this thing off the ground. And if you want to do a little bit of light reading, you can always check out the blog at drunkenmascot.com where, you know, as always, we'll be talking some Raptors, but also we'll be talking a lot more diverse topics as well. Um, NFL, NBA, all that good stuff. But here on the podcast, we're talking all Raptors all the time. 96% of the time, we talk Raptors every time. So today, a few things we want to talk about. Um, obviously, first up, we had back-to-back games against the Sixers. Phenomenal rivalry. Got some amazing history with these two teams. You know, two years ago, Kawhi hitting that shot in Game 7 knocked your Sixers out of the playoffs. One of the craziest shots of modern times. Last year, Kyle Lowry and Ben Simmons and their rivalry really exploding. David versus Goliath at the point. This week, we had back-to-back games against this Philly squad who happened to be the number one team in the Eastern Conference. So no Kyle Lowry for these matchups, which was disappointing. Um, so we'll have to wait till the eventual celebrity boxing match to see these two escalate their rivalry a little bit further. But on the bright side, the Raptors moved on to 16-0 without Lowry going back to 2019 <laughs> in that first game. Obviously that changed a little bit in the second game. But we'll talk a little specifics as we go. Also, after we talk about those games, got a little bit of transaction rumors that we want to talk about involving those two teams as well. Um, obviously, after that, we'll talk a little bit about what happened last night in the Heat game, and we'll go from there. So let's jump right in. So game one against the Sixers really went as well as we possibly could have hoped for. That combination of Fred Van Vliet, Siakam, and Chris Boucher was an absolute three-headed monster on route to a 110-103 to Home away from home victory anyway. So Chris Boucher coming off the bench in this game. Raptors started off with that epic small ball lineup of Pascal Siakam, OG, Norm, Bembry, and Freddie Van Vliet. Nice to see Bembry get some more run with the starters. He's definitely a fun guy to watch. Uh, But Boucher was absolutely electric, especially in the final 14 minutes of the ball game. Finished with 17 points, 5 boards. All 17 of those points coming over that last 14-minute span, in which he also hit five three-pointers in a six-minute span, which really pushed this game out of reach. Awesome stuff. Chris Boucher truly becoming a star. He's absolutely electric tonight. And speaking of big men, shout-out to Aaron Baines for keeping Joel Embiid to semi-mortal numbers anyway, 25 points and 17 boards. Obviously, Embiid had the advantage um, against the Toronto Bigs, but per usual, Nick Nurse and company had a plan, and Baines generally held his own, even though Embiid still finished with 25 points. Freddie B and Siakam led the way for the Raptors, 23 points each. OG back in action for this one. Uh, quietly efficient game, 4 of 6 with 10 points. Norm came back down to earth, though, after a pretty hot couple of performances against the Milwaukee Bucks. Finishes 3 of 11 for 11 points. Ben Simmons, highly efficient for the Sixers in that first game. 9 of 11 from the field for 28 points. The Raptors did not really have an answer for the the big old six foot ten point guard who really had his way with the small ball lineup and just really looked like you know the tough guy out on the court without Kyle Lowry to keep him in check. But again, Chris Boucher is insane fourth quarter heroics. 
hell of a night for Chris. Ended up getting the Raptors for their fourth win in a row, uh, putting them one game over 500 at that point, a half game above the Celtics for that fifth-place spot in the Eastern Conference, taking down the top team in the conference in the process. So that first game against the Sixers, really an outstanding win. Game two on the flip side didn't quite go our way. Ended up being a 109-102 to loss. Hell of a game, though. Almost had one hell of a comeback in this one. Uh, the Raptors trailed by as much as 21 in this game. The Sixers really came out strong. That's what really ended up doing the Raptors in for this one. Uh, the first quarter, the Raptors were outscored 41-17. to And despite their best efforts as the game went along, they just were not able to overcome that massive deficit that they put themselves in early on. They did get on track in the second period, starting off the second quarter with a 12-2 run, highlighted by a phenomenal steal and assist by Bembry to Siakam for a gorgeous fast break slam. You know, ball movement looked great over that span. Raptors ended up outscoring the Sixers 24-18 in that second quarter, led by Stormin Norman's 12 first-half points, beating his total by the, from the previous game, where he's just scored 11 points for the full game. So, Norm looking much, much better in Game 2. Freddie V held to just four, point, four points in that first half, just two of eight shooting. But hey, you know, you expect to lose when you have a leader in the MVP race come out and dominate you in the first half with Mr. Jo- wait, wait, who was leading all scores at the end of the first half? Furkan Korkmaz? That's right, Furkan Korkmaz. Leading the way, averaging 6.9 points per game coming into this one. Had 16 points at the half, so absolutely kicking our ass in the first half. Uh, But hey, we beat them up with our 80-pound backup Canadian center, who's built like a Jack Skellington body double in the first meeting of these two teams. So whatever it takes, right? So anyway, on to the second half, and Freddie Van Vliet controls the tip on a jump ball with Joel Embiid. How about that? Well... Didn't really control it. But either way, hey, the Raptors still came out with it, so we'll take the W on that one. Can we just talk about how strong Freddie Van Vliet is? He ripped the ball out of Giannis's hands last week. Now he goes toe-to-toe with a 280-pound center and ends up hanging on for dear life to force that jump ball, which is just unbelievable. Followed by a brutal no-call shortly after that in this game where uh, Norm got shoved into a stanchion under the hoop and was down for about 20 seconds in a pretty scary moment. Epic fail by the refs. Saw a lot about that on Twitter. Um, Really just unbelievable that they missed that. The guy was just sent absolutely flying. But Norm ended up coming back a couple minutes later with a beautiful arcing layup. Came back down the other end just screaming, looking like Mel Gibson from Braveheart charging the Brits. The dude was pissed. Love to see it. Had a shout-out for Aaron Baines in uh, the first game of this pair of matchups here for holding the zone against Embiid, even though Embiid still came up with 25 points. But today, totally, totally different. Uh, Baines absolutely held his own in this one. Kind of seemed to be channeling his inner Marcus Gasol, just driving Embiid nuts. Uh, Embiid just had four points through the first three quarters of this game. He was just one of ten from the field before he finally knocked down a step back three. But phenomenal job by Aaron Baines, who I've been just as tough a critic on Baines as anybody else. But today we really got a, a glimpse of what we were hoping we'd get out of him when we brought him over from Phoenix in the offseason. Also want to have a quick shout-out for Mr. Effort DeAndre Bembry. Dude is always moving, always aggressive. In this game, he had a wild diving play out of bounds, just sliding in between some socially distanced courtside seats to keep the ball in play, and he ended up setting Freddie Van Vliet up for a steal. Um, speaking of steals, so we were able to cut the lead down to about eight with a Bembry steal, leading to a Terrence Davis layup with about eight minutes left in this one. Ended up cutting the lead down to six with four and a half minutes left. 
Uh, unfortunately, that was as close as they were going to get in this one, though. A couple bad shots later and a bad turnover, and suddenly the Sixers were just back up by 13. Tobias Harris, really the MVP of this one for Philly, ended up leading the way with 23 points, uh, seven boards, five assists, eight of 12 from the field. Uh, Embiid, like we said, though, not dominant, even though he ended up putting up some points finally in the fourth quarter. It was really just from the free throw line where he was 11 of 12, which, by the way, is 86% on the season for a big man. Don't want to put Embiid on the line. But, hey, again, a quiet game for the potential MVP this year. Big, big thanks to Aaron Baines for his efforts. As usual, just no quit on this Raptors team, though. Came up with a steal with 25 seconds left and a fast break slam, which cut the lead to six points once again. Again, as close as they would get in this one. Ended up finishing the game up on a 16-6 run, but just wasn't quite enough. And as we know, it ended up being a 109-102 loss in this one. But, hey, we split this series with the top team in the East. Very encouraging result. Make that 16-1 without Kyle Lowry since 2019. Finally getting their first L without their fearless leader, which is wild, wild stat. But, hey, again, like we said, I'll take the split with the Sixers. So just looking back on that game, you know, so many good looks for the Raptors. The brutal first quarter, some uncharacteristically bad shooting luck, and only 13 free throws on the game. The refs were just not making calls against the Sixers. Really just put this game out of reach. Also, did not help at all that they were out-rebounded considerably. I think it was about 53-37 to 37 or so by the end of the game, so got crushed on the glass. But, hey, man, how do you not love this team? Zero All-Stars, several snubs. You know, obviously, I think we could have had Lowry, could have had Fred VanVleet, could have had Siakam. All, all possibly, you know, could have earned an all-star spot this year. But wasn't so. All of them got snubbed, no all-stars. But even with that, this, the pesky defense, the unselfishness on offense, they can beat any team in this league on any given night. You know, this season's been an emotional roller coaster so far, but I'm personally dug in as hell. I don't know about you guys. So fun to watch. They really, really almost came back in this one. And we're, you know, dangerously close. Really just a bad first quarter away from taking two back-to-back games against the Sixers. But overall, again, ugly games, some fun plays, some fun stats. But in this two-game stand, we really showed we can stand and compete with this Sixers squad and can really stand and compete with the best team in the Eastern Conference. So I'm encouraged after that one. But while we're on the topic of these two teams, let's just take a quick look at some trade rumors we've seen involving this uh, Sixers squad and this Raptors squad. So... Hey, you know, despite my love for Kyle Lowry, he's really next to insanity as my all-time favorite athlete. Um, I've been very, very open to exploring, entertaining, and discussing some possible trade scenarios for our resident point god of this team. Um, however, I've seen some stuff about him potentially going and joining his nemesis Ben Simmons on the Sixers, and I'll tell you right now, I will not be happy if this happens. I've seen multiple articles out of mostly Philadelphia-based media outlets outlining some potential trade proposals for Lowry. And um, at this point, I'm just not feeling any of them. Unless we can get Ben Simmons and Pete or even at least Tobias Harris back, there's nobody on that squad that's going to help us as much as Kyle Lowry does right now. Um, you know, adding Lowry to the Sixers definitely moves the needle for those guys. Pairing him up with Simmons, pairing him up with Embiid, and most likely with uh, Harris as well. That's a hell of a starting lineup, and that really really puts them right next to, the, next to the Nets as the most likely team to make it out of the East this year. But who are we going to get back besides one of those stars that moves the needle for Toronto? Really nobody. You know, one of the most popular kind of trade proposals I've seen thrown out there is sending Lowry to Philly for a package that would involve some combination of Danny Green, Seth Curry, and Mike Scott. And 
at least one, uh, you know, possibly even two first-round picks in the near future. Uh, obviously, probably a couple other pieces moving back and forth. But, you know, breaking down that move, we're sending Philly one of the most talented, toughest point guards in the league, helping them challenge the Nets to take the Eastern Conference this year and ultimately probably face off with the Lakers, the Clippers, or the Jazz out west. And what are we getting back? We're getting back some role players that won't even crack our starting lineup. You know, the first-round pick would be great, but with how good Philly's going to be for the next couple years, we're essentially getting early second-round picks back if we're getting Sixers picks because, uh, uh, you know, they're going to be one of the best teams in the league for the next few years. So those role players, we got Danny Green, you know, the beloved bow-legged wonder and fellow podcaster. We've been there, done that. Solid shooter, very good wing defender, but he can be wildly inconsistent when it counts. He can go cold for long, long stretches. He's 33. You know, a high mileage 33 on an expiring contract. He isn't going to start over Norm. He isn't going to start over OG. He ultimately just pushes our young talent out of the rotation. We don't need him at this point. Love you, Danny. Keeps getting those rings, but saddle up and ride, buddy. Don't need you. Mike Scott, 32-year-old role player. He's putting up about four points a game on atrocious 33% shooting. So really would only be including this package to make the money work. Enough said there. We don't, we don't need Mike Scott. Seth Curry on this list really the only intriguing guy purely because of his shooting he's a phenomenal three-point shooter consistently in that 45 percent range he'd be a great spark off the bench for this raptor squad he'd fit nicely next to freddie um but you know he's 30 years old we know what his ceiling is he's a one-trick pony he's good for maybe 10 12 points a game some nice buckets but that's really all you're gonna get so you know i've seen some other versions of this trade that include some young assets but again, nobody who's going to be moving the needle nearly enough for us to give up probably the greatest Raptor of all time in return. The first round picks, like I said, it's the only thing that really makes it interesting. But uh, you know, especially considering we're not exactly swimming in picks for the next few years. But again, if we're moving on from our legend, if we're moving on from Lowry, I need something concrete. I need I need an established star or a young guy with a super high ceiling back in return. You know, that's why again I'll keep coming back to. What I talked about and some potential trades with the Heat, I think they have some weapons that we could use that could help us right now and you know help us build a core for the future. But no, nobody on the Sixers is going to make that deal worth it for me. So speaking of the Heat, we're heading on to the third game we're going to recap here, and that is the tough, tough loss to the Heat we faced last night. You know, despite the loss, some positives there. Our fearless leader Kyle made his triumphant return. We got to see our our badass full-blown small ball unit in action with Kyle. Freddie Van Vliet, Norm Powell, OG, and Pascal on the starting lineup. Those are That's really our go-to lineup that I think we should keep rolling with. That's going to be our playoff lineup. You know, shuffling and Boucher or Baines based on matchups. But, again, fun to see that group start together. Fred and Kyle look great together again, each finished with 24 points. Norm was solid again, 17 points of his own. Hit a big bucket in the fourth, put the game within two. Uh, but unfortunately, you know, right after that point, Jimmy Butler went absolutely crazy and pushed the game out of reach for Miami. Butler was the difference maker tonight. 27 points, 10 assists, 8 boards. Dropped 14 points in the fourth quarter alone to really seal the win for Miami. OG again, solid on both ends. Finished with 14 points, 6 boards. Really, the downside on this one was pretty obvious. Siakam just looked absolutely washed tonight. He wound up getting benched for much of the second half. Actually, the entire fourth quarter he wrote the game. Just couldn't get anything going against the bigger Miami defenders, you know, specifically Bam. Ended up finishing just one of six from the field, just a couple of rebounds, four assists, and, and one of his worst performances in a long, long time, probably his worst game of the season. 
and for a guy who really needs to be one of our top two players this year on a nightly basis for us to have any shot moving forward. You know, Nick Nurse made some comments that he thought the unit they had on the floor in that second half and that fourth quarter had enough momentum to close out the game. Uh, really just seemed like Sayakin was dealing with a ton of fatigue. He played super hard the night before in about 40 minutes against the Sixers and really just seemed just washed and worn out this game. So, unfortunate performance for Sayakin and really probably just as much as Butler having a phenomenal fourth quarter. Pascal struggling like that really will push the game out of reach. Hopefully this is a one-off. Hopefully Sayakin gets his energy back and his head on straight and we got our $130 million man back and some upcoming really winnable games we have coming up against the Rockets, the Bulls, and the Pistons. No reason why we can't go 3-0 coming up. Um, but anyway, not going to spend any more time on this one really. It's nice to see Goran Dragic, the Dragon, back from injury. Uh, his first game since February 5th. Ended up dropping 15 points off the bench, so always going to be a Dragic fan. Uh, but, hey, generally I'm going to chalk this one up to be a tough matchup on a back-to-back where our best player was just shot. So really shouldn't have expected to win this one probably after how hard we played against the Sixers the last couple games. Nick Nurse said, and I agree, that we really generally outplayed Miami in this one too. It's just Butler absolutely got hot and the ball bounced their way more than it bounced our way. So it happens. On to the next one. Unfortunately, that does put us back to a game under 500 at now 16 and 17. But hey, we're still in the fifth position in the East. Could easily win the next three. If we win the next three, we're back two games over 500 for the first time this season. So obviously, more on that in the next few days. We'll be back, back within the next few days to recap the action there. Looking forward to it. So that's it for today. That's it for episode three. If you agree with my assessments, you hate them, you think I'm an absolute idiot. Either way, hit me up in the comments. If you're digging what we're doing here, please, please, please hit us with a like. Hit me with a subscribe. We'll keep doing this, you know, probably twice a week at minimum. Uh, so subscribe, continue this journey with me. You can also catch the podcast on Spotify or Google Podcasts if that's easier for you. If you want to check out some light reading, like I said, some Raptors topics, other more diverse sports topics from the NBA to the NFL, some historical topics, check me out at drunkenmascot.com. Also, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Drunken Mascot. Can't thank the few and the proud of you who have taken the time to check us out so far. Just getting started, but having a ton of fun creating this content. I hope you guys share my passion for this stuff and get some enjoyment out of it. If there's any Raptors topics or any sports topics you want to hear or read about, please let me know. We'll get that up in the podcast or get it up in the blog. Hey, thanks again, guys. We'll definitely chat soon. This has been episode three of the Drunken Mascot Raptors Pod. Thanks again for checking me out. Peace out, friends.